Welcome to Third Church's T3 Family Podcast. Welcome back, listeners. We are so grateful for you. Today's podcast is going to have a little different nature as our topic is going to address one of the plagues that is trying to steal, conquer, and destroy our families, students, and children. It's a silent plague that creeps in through any small opening it can find in our homes and our hearts. While we aren't going to dwell on 2020, it's important to shoot straight and confront the problems that 2020 created for many of us. Loneliness, fear, and anxiety. And the plague that we're going to talk about today is anxiety. So, special guests for today are some of the best shepherds that I know and all experts in youth culture. Allie Cramner, our young adult pastor, Brett Weersma, student ministry team leader, and Chrissy Kramer, middle school team leader. Welcome to the podcast. So glad that you guys are here. Now, many of our listeners are familiar with who you are, so could you start off with sharing what is something that they might not know about you? A fun fact, an interest, or a hobby? Thanks, Katie. Yeah, I, uh, I'm the student ministry team leader, and I am very blessed to be in this role. I enjoy working with students and their families. Um, yeah, I've been doing it for 10 years now, both here and in Michigan, and I... I'm more in love with my job today than I was 10 years ago. So I hope that that trajectory continues. Um, so I collect a couple different things. Um, vinyl records would be the most uh, commonly uh, collected thing that I've been finding out a lot of people my age and below are starting to do that. Uh, turntables are becoming uh, Christmas gift requests of people. And almost every modern artist puts out a vinyl. Some of them are even putting out cassettes if you go on Amazon. I didn't know this. Um, and then for the older crowd that's listening to this, I collect starting lineup football figurines, which they stopped making in 2001. So if anyone grew up in the 80s or the 90s, they'll know what I'm talking about. So those are my two little things. And I love wiffle ball. I try to get students that like to play baseball to play wiffle ball with me. When you say turntables, do you mean like a DJ turntable or for the record? Well, I think that's what they're called because the, like an actual record player has more features and a turntable literally just has the thing that the, the vinyl rotates on and the needle. Okay. Yeah. Cr Chrissy has one. Do you, I you... don't have a turntable. I have a record player. Okay. I've got a lot of other things on it. But yes, a turntable is just the thing to play just a record yep interesting i didn't know that yep. and typically and I, it doesn't come with speakers so you have to yes. like get speakers okay to... yep that was what we splurged on last year was a really nice set of speakers because mm. otherwise it's just it's kind of average sound like mm -hmm. an mp3 player is way better sound quality okay. so but mm. yeah i think i'm up to like 100 vinyls which at 25 dollars a pop don't do the math it's horrifying <laughs> That's why I asked for them for Christmas. Uh -huh, yeah, the Christmas <laughs> presents. Good. Yeah. So I, Chrissy, uh, work with the middle schoolers. And and like Brett said, too, I, I love my job. I love walking alongside students and helping them to discover their identity in Jesus. They just ask a lot of really good questions. And so partnering with them in that is is one of the reasons why I love specifically middle schoolers is that search for identity. 
Um, I also like to collect things. Um, I also have records, not a very big collection, but I've got some. Um, my current favorite thing to collect is Christmas sweaters. So if you got any good ones out there, let me know. I've got over 20 right now. So I try and make... Because you want one for each day of the month, right? I do. And some of mine are snow ones, so I can wear them more than just in December if I wanted to. Will you stop at 31 sweaters? No. Can you make a promise here on the podcast today? That I won't stop at 31? Well, yes. you said one per day, so I it's thought... It's true. I'll probably get more than 31. Well, again, don't do the math on that. I like to uh-huh. thrift them. That's how I mm-hmm. get them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I also collect pressed pennies, which most people don't know that. Interesting. I have, I have a pressed penny book that is currently full, so I need a new one. That's a... I don't know why I started that or when that started, but... Where do you get them from? Anytime I go anywhere. Places still have pressed penny machines. That's true. I literally have never seen one, so I don't know what Seriously, you're talking Disney about. Seriously, Disney World has a ton. Yes. When oh, Chrissy see, goes on yeah. vacation, that's what I look for. Like, that's a 51-cent souvenir. I love that. So. And you thrift sweaters and you don't buy vinyls. I'm seeing a pattern here. Yes. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I also love to bake. That's something else that I have learned a lot from the Great British Baking Show. Come on, that's what we're watching right now, too. Yeah, Chrissy has a spiritual gift for making baked goods, everyone. I can confirm <laughs> she has made macarons and cuy namon. Yep. Look it up. Google it. It's a French pastry, in case you don't even know how to spell it. Yeah. Why? Buttery, Very good. sugary, uh, Why does everyone that watched Great British want to make macarons? Because Mike and I now want to. Because I feel like you watch them and you're like, they're always like, it's so challenging, but they make it look so easy. Yeah, so you're like, right. it can't be that challenging. And then you fail seven times. You're like, okay, yes. maybe what? Like my first batch turned out awesome. I was like, I'm a champion at this. Like I should I'm be on the natural. show. And then I made the next set and they like fail. And you're like, all right, never mind. You know? Yes. So. Yeah. I can confirm. I've probably attempted it 20 times now and okay. have five successes i've tried yours they're delish yeah when i when they're great they are great and when they are bad like i forgot to add sugar one time and i'm pretty sure i added salt real bad okay (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome well yeah i'm Allie cranmer i'm young adult pastor here and okay i don't know what i collect let me talk about why i love doing ministry and then i'll keep thinking about the things i do and or collect so i love being with people. And I love bringing people to the feet of Jesus. And one of the terms we use here at Third is setting the table and allowing people to experience the presence of God. So I love having a front row seat to that and seeing people encounter God. Uh, Man, I would never trade that. Like that is something I, I just love. When it comes to collecting or things I do or things that you guys don't know about me, I think most people know this, but I'm Puerto Rican. If I was a rapper or a DJ, my nickname would be DJ Wonder Rican. Um, I have this like desire that I want to be the first female Christian rapper. But now that I'm about to be 37, I feel like I'm too old. Although never, no, don't disqualify yourself. You got I it. I know Toby Mac is like 50 something. Come on, so I got years, and, so yeah. many years, so many years. So I want to be in the light as you are in the light. It's true, because I want to shine like the stars See, in heaven. I knew she'd pick it up and run with it. <laughs> anyway, so yes, yeah, so we are here to talk about anxiety today, and specifically 
faith in an anxious world and what it means to live life in an anxious world. And so we wanted to give you some just grounding places of where we are headed. And so we wanted to give you some definitions to begin with. So anxiety is defined as a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about a pending event or something with an uncertain outcome. And I think we could all agree that some of the things we're seeing in youth culture today is that more than ever, we are seeing our kids have anxiety. For a while, it was a trendy thing to be diagnosed with anxiety, and it has become this real phenomenon. I say it's a trendy thing because there were there was a season, guys, where I had students approach me and be like, could you tell my parents that I'm anxious because I want to get on some medication so then I can have this happen and this happen? And I was like, yeah, I don't think that's how this all works, but it's actually become something that we've been seeing for at least the last five years specifically in the last two years, just rise and rise and rise. And so I would say it really has become this culture of teens today. Anxiety has become more normal within youth culture as we see it rise. I would say one of the things that the four of us, including Katie, will talk about often is we see it because of social media, because of busyness, um, this un unknowing how to balance your schedule, the stresses at home. I mean, the list could go on and on, but I think the difference is no one is actually talking about it. And so because of that, levels of stress are going higher and higher, which is why then we see more risky behavior. We're seeing more numbing out. I had one student share with me that they had reached such levels of anxiety that the only way they could even begin to calm down was if they smoked weed. And I am not condoning that behavior, but I didn't know what to say to that because that was such a real place of, yeah, I don't know what it means to live and feel like I'm in that kind of anxiety, that my medication's no longer working, my breathing exercises are no longer working, whatever people are using is no longer working, and I have to turn to drugs, or that's what they're feeling. And so those are some of the things that we would say altogether we've observed. That's some of my personal things that I've observed. But Chrissy and Brett, what about you guys? What have you observed in youth culture? Yeah, Allie, I think some of the pieces that you've hit on are what I've observed as well. The social media piece has been a has been a big one, specifically with middle schoolers. And like I mentioned earlier, what I love is that they're searching for identity. And I think that um, they often ask the question of who am I and where do I belong? And so in a world where you can be constantly bombarded with who other people are or what they look like or what they're doing and and maybe what you don't have or who you are not, um, that can raise anxiety in students. Um, I know that's true of me as a 29-year-old adult as well. If I look too much into what other people have or what I don't, um, it can make me feel anxious. Or if, for students, if they don't fit into a particular mold that maybe um, their friends do or like they've seen in social media or even just different expectations of them, then that can create anxiety as well. Um, yeah, that's, I think the biggest pieces is along that lines of who am I, where do I belong? Because when you don't have that identity with Jesus, everything feels anxiety driven. Yeah, um, I... I think it's so tough because our culture offers nothing that will actually help. That's right. Um, mm. The only true um, solution to a lot of the things that we're going to talk about today, but anxiety being the overarching thing, is to know and be known by our Savior. Mm -hmm. And um, our culture 
like I said, is not offering a lot of um, it's it's offering very worldly solutions to a very mm-hmm. uh, internal and spiritual dilemma. And uh, from just a practical perspective, I see a lot of anxiety from our students coming from pressure. Insert whatever the mm-hmm. pressure is, yeah. you know, is it friends, mm-hmm. is it sports, is it um, uh, anything at, revolving around school or family? And then also a feel, again, a little bit with the pressure of performance. And uh, it's not okay to have a B plus. It is not okay to get third place at, right. you know, event. And I just, I feel because I'm in my thirties and I've had hundreds of conversations with parents and with students that are out of that. And they look back and they're just like, why did I do that to myself? Why did I think that that was so important? Um, even, even freshmen in college that have only been out for six months mm-hmm. can see what was I so worried about? Right. Or right. not in it. Yeah. We can go into what all the definitions mean and things like that. And each student kind of has a slightly different idea of what that means. But um, yeah, I have just known more and more that when I struggle with something and I try to medicate with something that the world offers rather than what Jesus offers, it is a band aid that usually falls off. Mm-hmm. In the in the pool, and gets stuck in the filter. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think of some weird metaphor that will wrap back around, but um, yeah. And we don't just ex- observe anxiety in youth culture, but we also experience it in our own lives. Uh, for me, uh, Chrissy already touched on it. Social media was what was my biggest um, trigger, I guess would be the, the word for it, that if I was on social media, it could raise my anxiety with, um, what people posted, uh, political things, even sports stuff. You know, if someone said something about a favorite athlete of mine or something like that, it could just rile me up. And then I just, I, like, it's, I struggled to sleep, you know, I, I struggled to focus at work or, uh, my mind would wander when I was having a conversation with my wife or something like that. And I just wouldn't be present. And, um, so at the time of this recording, I have not had social media for almost two months and it is a game changer. So I can only speak for my own I know some people can use it and get off it and it does not impact them and it does not mess with them. Um, my mom can easily jump on and jump off and, uh, and maybe that's a generational thing, but Hmm. man, the, uh, and I just did a sermon on joy and peace and it just made me realize that God's joy and God's peace, again, very different than what the world offers. Hmm. And, I, I want that so much more than what the world offers. And there are times when the world's offering seems very enticing and I want it because it seems like it's right there and it's easy. But then I just think about where I'm at now and it's like, I don't want to go back to that garbage that I was uh, exposing myself to because of how I'm wired. Um, so anyways, that's, that's, that's how I have uh, experienced it in my life. Allie, Chrissy, How about you? What impact has anxiety had on you? Yeah, I think for me, anxiety is actually a generational piece to my family systems. And so 
uh, unintentionally, I got to receive that awesome gift. And I think in that I, one of the things for me that anxiety triggers is it comes out of my thought process that I'm too much for people. And so I'm always trying to monitor inside of myself, am I being too much in this situation? Are people taking me this way? Am I explaining myself well? I need to justify how I'm acting. And so I'm always self-critiquing. And I think that has created, at times in my life, high levels of anxiety. Thankfully, I'm married to someone who has a degree in therapy, which has been a huge gift. So Mike has really helped me figure out what helps me when I feel anxious. And for me, um, I going and spending time with the Lord. So he'll be the first. And our daughters know this. Ask mommy, mommy, have you spent time with Jesus yet? You need to go spend time with Jesus. Um, Mike will also look at me at times and be like, you need to go work out because I need a physical exertion. And then to just breathe deeper. I think that's actually one of the words the Lord gave me last year was, Allie, this is a year to, that you are going to learn to breathe deep. And I didn't realize how much shallow breathe, like literally shallow breathing I was doing and how much a deep breath can just calm things down more than my shallow breathing. And so <laughs> I no longer am racing when I'm shallow breathing. I'm starting to really be present with who I am and what God's up to and what God's saying and all those different things. So those are some of the things for me. Allie, was that, would you dis- discern that that's, both a physical and a like a metaphor like the shallow versus the deep or is it just breathing um i think it's a both i think it's it was a physical piece where the lord was like i want to teach you how to breathe deeper um but i think it's also a metaphor i think it could be a metaphor too Yeah, I would say for me in the last year, I have learned probably the most about anxiety than I have over my other years of life. Uh, I remember feeling anxious in school just for like homework sake or like, you know, that feeling at like 530 a.m. when you've like forgotten to do your homework and it's like sitting in your locker. I don't know if you guys that's that that like created a pit Mm -hmm. or a knot in the pit of my stomach. Um, I would say over this last year though, it has looked a lot different than that. Um, and I have had to learn how to ask good questions to myself when experiencing or feeling anxiety, um, because it comes in different forms, at least it has for me. So it can, um, be based on just like your def- like the definition of anxiety and unknown ending to something, mm-hmm. you know, in this last year, there's been yes, we've all journeyed through a pandemic together, but there's just been different things in my own life personally that have been like just a lot of unknowns Mm -hmm. and a lot of, um, yeah, things to process along with what the world is going through. And so, um, I've had to, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll feel like my chest is really tight and that's indication to me that something is making me anxious. And so, um, sometimes it'll physically show up in me without even like, I'll literally wake up in the morning, haven't processed anything and I'll feel it Mm. in my, in Mm -hmm. my body physically. Um, otherwise I can be going throughout the day and feel fine in the morning and start to feel really anxious in the afternoon. And one of some of the questions I have to ask myself is like, did you sleep well last night? Mm. Have you had caffeine? Cause some of those things I, if I don't sleep well, I know that that day is probably going to hold more anxiety potentially for me than other days do. Um, and it's something I really had to work through. I uh, I grew up in the church. And so one of the things that 
I feel like I heard, not necessarily at home and not necessarily from the church, but maybe just the religious side of Mm. Christianity was that if you trust Jesus enough, you won't be anxious. And that is really hard for me as someone in ministry, as someone who loved Jesus a whole lot to feel anxious. It doesn't feel like I should be able to talk about that Mm. because I shouldn't feel anxious because I love Jesus. And here's the thing. I love Jesus and I am anxious and I have to process through and I have to learn Mm -hmm. that about my body and how, um, I respond to things and why I respond to things. So I've, like you, Allie, have learned about um, breathing deep and like mm-hmm. how that actually is not just a spiritual thing, but that's also a physical thing. And, yeah. and re-centering your body is slow, deep breaths. And so I like to do breath prayer because mm-hmm. that helps recenter me. Sometimes it makes the anxiety go away. And sometimes it allows me to move forward in my day, feeling mm-hmm. probably a little bit anxious, um, maybe the knot in the pit of my stomach, maybe my tightness of chest, but I'm able to move forward because I am now refocused on Jesus and like, yes, he's still my rock and yet my body still physically responds to mm-hmm. anxiety. Um, and yeah, so that's just kind of how I've processed anxiety over the, I'm very much in process. I haven't felt anxious today, but you know, like it comes and goes for me mm-hmm. just through what's happening in life. And yeah, my biggest piece is like, I love Jesus, but I still experience mm-hmm. anxiety. And that's what I hope to, that students and other people see too, through having these conversations, because mm-hmm. I don't remember anxiety being talked about in church yeah. other than probably the scripture of like, do not be anxious. Like, right. and like, okay, I know that that is what scripture says. So how do we move into that? Um, yeah. So breath prayer, like I said, is one of my big ones. I like to breathe in Emmanuel and breathe out God with us. That just really helps me mm. um, to remember like he is right there. I breathe in a name of of God and out what that meaning mm-hmm. of the name is. Um, so yeah, Brett and Allie, do you have other practices or spiritual disciplines that you use when walking through anxiety for sure but before we jump into that can you actually how does if someone wanted to do a breath prayer like you just gave an example how would you walk them through that yep so i would say that it's breathing as deep as you possibly can so breathing and so in you can either say it out loud while you breathe in or mentally so i'll be like okay i can't do it at the same time as talking and breathing but in my mind i'll say emmanuel as i breathe really deeply in and then when i breathe out i say God with us or God with me. And we're going to be walking with students in what mm-hmm. breath prayer is. And yeah. we're going to be posting on the, on social media of different examples, but I love using scripture or um, specific names of God, just specifically what I need in that moment too. And so I'm trying to build my toolbox of different yeah. ones. So For I sure. have them in front of me. So yeah, it's just a really big breath in and then a really big breath out. And some people like to breathe in like the goodness of God and breathe out anxiety Mm -hmm. or, you know, like releasing Mm -hmm. something inside of them as well. It's also interesting because it's not how they would distinguish it is it's not lung breathing. It's diaphragm breathing. Yes. Yeah. That there's a difference in that. Mm -hmm. If I'm honest, I didn't like, I knew that because I knew that from singing and like choir and that kind of stuff, but I didn't fully remember that, that, Oh, if I lung breathe, my breath span is shorter than if I fully diaphragm breathe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to even get your body to consciously think through those differences. Yep. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For me, um, there are a lot of 
practices that I have used in the past. And actually, when you mentioned, Chrissy, the physical side, I, I was remembering um, a couple years ago, I had to have a really hard conversation with um, someone, and I just I felt the same things that I feel when I either have a head cold or maybe the start of the flu. I'm just like, you know, I'm sweaty and I'm achy. And I was like, I like I, and then I did the, I did the math. I slept well last night. You know, I haven't been eating poorly or all those things. So, um, I do, I have, I've experienced it in a physical way too. So someone mentioned to me, um, they just asked me if how, how, when, when they hear cast, cast your cares upon Jesus or, you know, the song, I cast all my cares upon you. Um, what do you think of, like, what, how do you physically see casting your cares or like mm. spiritually? And he said, it's, it's like being in the outfield and just trying to hit, throw that ball all the way home or out of the stadium. Like you, if, if we, if we just like gingerly walk up to Jesus and just set them at his feet, like he wants us, he wants to take them from us. And so he just, he just challenged me to think of like whipping them or even so at third church, you know, we have a balcony out by the lighthouse be like whipping a rock into the pond or something like that. Um, so I would honestly say the most practical thing that I do is I clear out the noise in my life. So before when I had social media, it was, you know, just taking it off my phone for a week or, um, not watching, Netflix or whatever it might be. And just whatever the culture has for me right there, I knew, I know it's not going to help me process and get through the anxiety that I have. So that's like the practical first step is just like scorched earth. Everything media wise is just off. And then I get a lot of spiritual direction through counsel, spiritual directors, people that uh, I know care about me, care about my marriage, care about my ministry, and I can be honest with them of where I'm at, and there's not going to be any shame uh, that I feel uh, in those conversations because I'm a fallible human being that needs direction. And then worship music, I, I replace culture's noise with um, God's words. I'm a musical person, as per my collection of vinyls. By the way, Christian vinyls is a low, like I have four out of a hundred. Yeah, we we should, need to work on that. Let's write some letters. We need to write CCM, get on the phone. I need a Wayne Watson and a Twyla Paris right now. Or like an Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith Christmas album. Okay. Ooh. I'll take Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith. Or um, DJ Wonderican. DJ Wonderican. <laughs> yeah. Coming at you. From Elgin, 2022. From Elgin, Illinois. Elgin, Illinois. Um, so casting my cares, <laughs> cleaning out, clearing out culture's noise, replacing it with God's words, counsel. And then, honestly, there's, there's a part of me, this is not a braggadocious thing, but I have been, I have thanked God over and over again that he created me to be an optimistic person. And I love, I used to hate that I have ADHD. Um, I used to take medication for it. I used to feel a lot of shame about it, but I've come to realize that it's a tool. It is a tool. It is how God created me and I can use it in ways. And I just, I, so I have a short memory. I'm an optimistic person and I just, I want, I want to enjoy, I want to enjoy my son and my wife and my job. So I, 
I, I clear things out and I move on. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't hold on to stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for that, that he created me that way. So those are, those are the ways that I have dealt with my anxiety in the past. What about you, Allie? Okay. So one of the things that I also, that I do, cause I know I've explained this in the last question a bit was I pray, pray in my prayer language and it actually calms me down quite a bit. So much so that just recently we were in Disney World and I almost had a panic attack because how they were strapping me into a ride. And Mike looked at me and was like, start praying in your prayer language now. And I, it really did calm me down. And that's, he's had to say that more than once. And that's marriage. It, yeah. It, but it really did calm me down and I could reorient and yeah. So that's one of them too. So like we have been talking about in this series, we are going to be in a series called Faith in an Anxious World. And specifically, the series will address different parts of anxiety, and it's a four-week series. We are adding a fifth week that's going to be more of an experiential part. And I think the thing that we've loved as a team is that it's really normalized anxiety um, because all of us have anxiety to some extent. And so one of the things I love to tell people is whether you broke your leg or you have a scratch because you got cut somehow, we can't judge each other's anxiety or scars based on those things because the broken leg may have really hurt, but that scratch may have really hurt. And so we can't look at each other and be like, well, you're more anxious because of this story or my anxiety doesn't mean anything because of this story. Anxiety means something, period. And to God, anxiety means something. And so in this series, we will look at what does anxiety mean? What is it? What is it today in this world? How do we process anxiety? Who are the people we have in our life that are supports in, in our anxiety? Or who are the people in our life that may cause more anxiety? What are different systems that are even created in the world today that can help us say, I need help? And then also, where is God in the midst of anxiety? And so we're super excited to bring students and families through this because our hope is that it'll start giving words to what people have been feeling. Um, So yeah, that's the layout. Like I said, then we'll end our whole series with an experiential part that Kathy Deal will be helping lead and and officiate in both ministries, core and mix. Um, And there'll be experiential pieces for people to receive prayer and to receive different types of healing. So Brett and Chrissy, as you have worked and looked at this series, what are the different things that have highlighted for you specifically? Yeah, for me, it would be the uh, videos, which are um, interviews, reactions um, by young adults and by high school age um, guys and gals when they are just sharing from their own perspective and their own story. They're very vulnerable and it, yeah, it just made me, I am praying that our students will um, feel the permission to be vulnerable like the students on the videos and that during small group time and with their small group leaders and at home with mom and dad, that there will be an opportunity and a safe place to process um, and engage with this content because it, it is an important thing to dig through. Mm -hmm. Um, It is around us. Even if you yourself, or even if one of our students hasn't had 
anxiety themselves or they don't know what it is. Right. This is something that is going to impact their friends or their parents or someone around them. So I just hope that after they watch the the short interview videos that they feel permission to be vulnerable mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the piece that I have has really stood out to me is their encouragement of they keep calling they call it throughout the series grow your circle um and so finding those people and you said if it's a trusted parent or a small group leader not or and a small group leader um multiple like how you can grow your circle of people you can talk to when you're feeling anxious so for me i i talk to my mom i have a couple of friends that i really talk um honestly about it and i'm in counseling and so Mm -hmm. those are just the different people in my life that I know have zero judgment for me and I can say it all. And sometimes it'll allow me to learn on my own of how to process it. Um, or just even hearing from their trusted advice. And, and this series is a really good job of encouraging students to find those people mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other piece that I love about this series is it does provide a lot of practices. And I think that's what's so, because God created us all uniquely, we all have very different life experiences. We all are going to experience anxiety differently. And so some days breath prayer works for me. Some days it does not. So, and I think that that's what I love about this is it's providing lots of tools for students um, and families on how to walk through anxiety. And every season could be different when dealing with anxiety and how that looks for you. And so I love that these are providing students with a lot of tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just really hopeful um, for students to experience some freedom is the word that keeps coming to mind for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um whether that is through the healing prayer night itself and just meeting with Jesus in that way, or if it's for students that have been like, oh, I have felt racing thoughts or I have felt my body body physically react to something I didn't know that had a name. Yeah. And then they can identify it as anxiety and then how to walk through that. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited for the ways that the Lord is going to meet students in that through this series. And it's an excellent series. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm glad we're talking about it because... Let's be honest, we've probably all experienced anxiety in the last year, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so how do we how do we partner with our students in that process? Yeah, so those are my hopes. Allie, what are about you? What are your hopes for students? Yeah, my hopes for students and families is that it begins the conversation and that we look at scripture differently. That's actually one of my favorite parts about this series is that you begin to look at scripture through different lenses. And so instead of going to the Bible and saying, okay, so what are the verses that use the word anxiety? Those are the verses I should look up. You look at Bible, ver- you look at Bible stories and start thinking, okay, how could that have been an anxious moment? Where I think, if I'm honest, I think I've always assumed that like, I don't know, like, did they not experience anxiety? But as Jesus is walking on water and there's a massive storm, of course you would be stressed out and anxious. But I think I've looked at those moments in the past and been like, oh, isn't that just such a cool story? Jesus comes and saves the day. And Mm -hmm. um, But to actually think about being in that boat and what are the emotions people are feeling? What are people thinking? What are they saying? I think I'm really excited for Scripture to become more alive because of that for people. Yeah, so we're really excited to walk through this series with our students, um, both middle school and high school. But if you are a parent that's listening with students that are in elementary school or babies or 
if you're just listening to this and want to know more about anxiety, we did a two-part series at the in about October of this past year on this podcast with Gina and Jana. They are both counselors in the area. One was called Navigating Anxiety and one was called Atmospheres in the Home. And they just talk about what it looks like as a family to navigate anxiety. Yeah, so if you are curious and want to learn more, we just encourage you to go back and listen to those couple of podcasts as well. So Brett, would you mind closing us in a prayer? For sure. Join me, please. Lord, today we pray that you would help us exchange our attempts at escape and relief for your perfect peace. We pray that you would give us wisdom in our decisions and use them to bring a harvest of righteousness in our lives. Today, Lord, we choose to trust you and your peace as our guard. Teach us to cast all our anxiety on you because we know you care for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this T3 Family Podcast. We hope it's been a blessing for you and your family.